0: Welcome to Uncharted Careers. I'm Courtney Hartman, and I talk with guests each week about their career paths to give listeners an insider look into different industries, how folks have made decisions in their careers, and we'll explore what each guest has learned along the way. I'm on a mission to share knowledge that is only learned in the field outside of a classroom. Join me to find inspiration for your own career. Today, I'm talking with my friend of a decade, Matt Crodo. He and I met through his wife, Austin, as she and I worked together for seven years in New York. Well, Austin and I were at Zerf. He was working finance at WebMD and later on Bloomberg and has had a few different positions since then. And a few years ago, they moved to New Hampshire full time and had three kids and then most recently have decided to sell their house and they're living abroad indefinitely. So currently Matt is in Syros, Greece. He and Austin have had a really interesting personal life and have always really prioritized travel. So I'm excited to talk about the profession that's enabled you to accomplish everything that you have in your personal life. So thank you so much for joining me, Matt.
1: Yeah, no, so glad to be here and and kind of talk about our experiences and pretty much the timeline that you just discussed from working in New York to working anywhere in the world.
0: Well, first off, tell me what Cirrus is like today.
1: So Cirrus today, they call it like a blueberry day. There's like a Greek word for it. I don't know what it is exactly, but essentially not a cloud in the sky, incredibly sunny, no wind. It's probably like 70 degrees Fahrenheit. I mean, it's it's like the perfect beach day. Not too hot. It's good to be outside. People are like sailing in the harbor and stuff. Ah, it's just, it's a good day to be in, in Greece for sure on
0: the island. Yeah. So professionally, I know you've recently decided to go off on your own after having worked in finance at various companies for the past 15 years. What went into that decision?
1: I think... Really, so the, the genesis of my career has been, again, in finance, and I've always worked for large, either private companies, either under like private equity owned companies. And I just recently last year moved to uh, a smaller consulting shop, finance consulting shop. So we work with a lot of small family funded startup type companies um, it was really my first exposure to that type of company in the, in the finance world, as well as working fully remote. I will say that it's actually the first remote experience I ever had. So I've always like I feel like finance in general it's a very in-office culture. First remote position, had my time working in consulting, and then subsequently the company i was working for the consulting company came into some financial hardship and there was a decision made to either lay me off fully or kind of move to an hourly role i subsequently moved to an hourly role and ended up um starting my own business as a result to say okay i'll work for you hourly but i'm gonna now take out my own clients and kind of have my own book of business on the side to essentially support our family and, and yeah. also give us the ability that we can kind of travel all over the place. So that's kind of the, the genesis of the career path that, and that brought us to where we are now.
0: Yeah. So you were at this consulting firm when you moved to Greece. What was that process like? What Where are they based in general? Do they have a home base?
1: So, so the consulting firm I was with prior, they were a fully remote workforce. So they have, they have a small group of domestic U.S. consultants throughout all the time zones in the U.S. And then they also had an offshore team that was based in the Philippines and in Indonesia and Jakarta um, that did a lot of kind of the more uh, junior level work in terms of closing the books on the accounting side. And then the domestic team was more the, the reviewing senior level team that was more client interfacing. Um, so that's really kind of the the structure of that firm um, and really kind of the first exposure that I had to a fully remote workforce. Everything is done on Slack. Everything is done on Zoom. No office anywhere, like really no formal gathering of all the employees. Like I have, I've only met, one of the employees because it was a contact that actually told me about the job um she was a colleague of mine actually at webmd who told me about the position and i was from then on just like working fully remote working from home and i'm like that sounds amazing i have an hour commute please let me drop this hour commute and bring me on and the place you're working
0: that is so different from what it was previous, where you were going into the office, both both in New York and then when you were living in New Hampshire. I know you were commuting for an hour still and going in regularly. What was it even like for you to not have to go into an office any longer and not have people around you? And also, you do have three young kids. How do you balance being at home and um, also getting all of the work done that you need?
1: Yeah, so definitely when back in the States, having those two extra hours, it was almost like I should be working these hours because naturally I was commuting them. I felt that was always part of the workday was, okay, taking this hour to drive to the office and get there and then that hour to leave the office and come back. Um, I will say it was a pleasant surprise to have that time back. But even Mm -hmm. leaving the office, so you mentioned my three kids. So I have three kids that are all four and under. Um, Mm -hmm. So they're they're a lot sometimes. (laughs) So there's something to be said for that hour commute home where it might have been a stressful day of work. I can just kind of pop in a podcast or listen to some music on the way home, kind of decompress, and then go right into family time. It's a little jarring sometimes where... I'll log off at like five at home and then goes downstairs and it's just absolute chaos. So it could be like zero to 60 from a client call straight into three kids screaming, running around crazy, like, dad's here, dinner, everything. So um, it was definitely a transition period. But now having gotten used to that, I don't think I would I would change it at all.
0: Did you get this remote job because you were planning to move abroad? Or did you move abroad because you could now work anywhere that you wanted?
1: So that was definitely the carrot. I think that made me make the switch. So the company I was prior to me taking this consulting role with this firm, um, I had been with them for four years, they've treated me very well, I was well compensated over there. Actually, you know, my wife. We were talking about already, you know, living a more nomadic lifestyle. At that point, we were thinking about selling our house. At that point in time, um, so when this role had come on and found out, okay, yeah, we can work anywhere in the world while doing this, um, yeah. was very eye opening. So I actually that I actually took a little bit of a pay cut um, mm-hmm. through negotiation. And ended up accepting the role with the thought that this kind of unlocked the key to living a more nomadic lifestyle and kind of setting us up for, um, you know, being able to do the traveling that we're doing now. Mm -hmm. So that was definitely front of mind in terms of, of taking this role.
0: Yeah, I feel like you guys have always prioritized travel in your personal lives. And it's really incredible that you both are working at remote jobs that don't have a home base that don't require any sort of in office work. And it's really set you up to live the sort of lifestyle that you want to live as a family and your kids are getting the most incredible education that they ever could, just learning from other kids in Greece. And I know in the future is Italy. Um, There's nothing like that that they could learn in a classroom in the US.
1: Yeah, I mean, just the whole genesis of it. So to give a little background, so we're actually in a program called Boundless Life. So the company, um, they cater to nomadic families. So what they do is they have locations currently in Greece italy portugal and they just recently opened uh, a ali location and what they do is they set in, set families up with a residence um a co-working space as well as a school curriculum and a school so we've been blessed enough to join this program and we've been in greece currently since january here we are at you know the middle of may currently um and we're planning on being here through june um so the school curriculum here is amazing the kids absolutely love going to school the teachers are fantastic they're going on field trips to the farm they're seeing they today they had a field trip to like the waterworks on the island so they're doing a bunch of different random trips that you know may be a little unique to domestic schools like they're actually going to have uh, a beekeeper come in and show them some of like the beekeeping skills and a hives like there's things that would probably be in the U S they steered away from because of maybe liability issues or stuff like that. So here it's just a little more relaxed with the, with the, um, the program that they're in and mm-hmm. they're just getting exposure to a lot of unique things. I mean, they are yeah. young, but you can definitely see that they're embracing it so well and that they're just excited to go to school. We always ask them like, do you miss your school back home? They're always saying, yes, we miss our friends, but we love being here and being in the program. So, yeah, you can definitely see that. Yeah, it's all it's a it's a long day for them. You know, it's a typical school day in terms of length. But by the end of the day, you know, they're they're always talking about the different arts and experiences and play that they've been doing. So it's been really great for them.
0: Yeah, and it seems like you have a really tight-knit and supportive community through Boundless Life. How many families are you on the program with?
1: So currently, so we did we're doing two cohorts. So a typical cohort with Boundless is 3 months. So like I said, we've been here since January, so we did a cohort from January to March with a group that was actually pretty small. I think it was only 5 other families all in. So kind of a more intimate cohort. We all collaborated and, and we're kind of always together as a group. This current cohort that's going from April through June is, I think, around 13, if I remember correctly. So oh, wow. pretty much a little more than double what we had in the first go around. But I mean, it's an amazing group of people. A lot of people, um, very similar to kind of my background, which are very, they're nomadic, maybe self-employed, um, or working for remote companies that are you know, U.S. based, you know some are, are internationally based, or they're just, um, they have passive income streams. So it's a, it's a very dynamic, interesting uh, group of people here. So um, just, I know personally for myself, it's been very eye opening and a good learning experience for me, just hearing a lot of other people's experiences of how what kind of drove them to become nomadic families and ultimately create a, a remote lifestyle and remote uh, career for themselves.
0: And I'm sure everybody comes to this program from a different background and has made different decisions that have gotten them there. What was that family conversation like for you guys when you were deciding to make this big change?
1: I think a lot a lot of it for us was we we've always felt we were a little unique where when we had kids, so we were always loved love traveling and we didn't want just having kids. Like we always wanted a family too. So we didn't want traveling to be the reason why, uh, or sorry, having a family being the reason why we stopped traveling. Um, So for us, it was more finding options where we could balance career travel and our sanity all within you know, one package. Um, So the program we're at right now, I feel like has been a good introductory, like introduction into that balance of being able to have the kids in some sort of organized education, as well as keeping, you know, having office hours and being able to get work done, as well as having a great community of people that are all, here to help each other out and to kind of keep each other sane and, and go through <laughs> all the experiences of and struggles of, you know, traveling abroad with a family. So I feel like this is at least open our eyes to the possibilities. And, and speaking with people here, the possibilities of maybe potentially doing our own thing where we as a family independently go somewhere and plug into a school or maybe find some sort of, you know, nomadic teacher or something and group in with other families, it it really is kind of open our eyes to the possibilities and the possibilities are really endless when we, we started talking with other families.
0: That's incredible that you're learning just about so many different options that you wouldn't ever think about just living in the U.S. and sending your kids to the school that's in the town. Do you think you would have made the transition abroad without a boundless life?
1: I think we probably would have. It's it's really been something that we were always trying to figure out though. There, I mean, you ask any family that's really looking to like a traveling family, the questions are all out there in terms of, you know, what do we what what is out there for education for like international schools you can plug in. And a lot of cases, you know, you have to commit to either a full school year or commit to a specific period of time. And that there's not a lot of resources in terms of options around kind of going in somewhere and then staying for a month or two and then leaving or going to another location. So with all the Facebook groups that are out there, world schooling groups and stuff of that nature, I feel like it's it's across the board in terms of people's experiences So it's really connecting with other families and just finding out what's been working for them or where they're going and kind of say, actually, Hey, that sounds like a really good plan. Can we piggyback off of you and we can kind of, you know, troubleshoot options to plug into a school and some sort of working space or something like that. So, um, yeah, it's been, it's been, it's definitely something that we would do regardless, I think. And it's just, This is so easy in Turkey in its current state. So,
0: Yeah. It sounds like you've done or you did a lot of research before finding Boundless Life. And this was the best option for you at the beginning to get you abroad and get your feet wet into this more nomadic traveling lifestyle with your whole family. I know you mentioned Facebook groups, world schooling groups is that how you found out about boundless life through these kind of discussion groups where you could connect with families that had the same sort of priorities that you do?
1: Yeah. So I'll give all the credit to my wife. I mean, she is dialed into this community. Um, So boundless life, they did their first cohort and group last January and 2022. Um, So they're they're a startup for sure. And still kind of working out the kinks and, and doing their thing. But um, she found out about this even back in 2021 where we had spent some time abroad in the summer of 2021 and we were looking at options to continue to be able to travel at that point in time. So she was monitoring a lot of these Facebook groups and boundless life actually ended up coming up as an option. And we were both talking to these ourselves to be like, okay, they'll plug us in with a residence a school and a co-working space. Like, how can we go wrong? We just need the room. At that point, we just needed the remote positions, and that I was still in a very in-office culture job. So for for us at that point in time, we're like, we just got to figure out this remote element. Um, so yeah, so it was really kind of finding it through those groups, and again, everyone on there is just trying to figure out the best way to do it. And at the time, like Boundless kind of filled that niche for us.
0: Did you always? think that travel would be part of your long-term priorities and goals when you were growing up? Or did that kind of change along the way when you met Austin and it was such a priority for her? What did that look like?
1: Sure. I, I mean, it's such an interesting question. Um, I just think of when I was younger, I always had a fascination with like geography So me and my brother, we play like geography trivia games and stuff of that nature. I was actually a geography minor in college, but I grew up in New Hampshire, which is, you know, it's, it's kind of a small state in Northern New England. And, um, you know, there's not a lot of people that are really kind of leave New Hampshire and kind of do go out and do things that are risky. I feel like it's a little bit more conservative state where, you know, you kind of grow up there. It's rural you kind of stick around and, and, you know, you kind of find your career around there. Um, so I feel like it's, it's kind of a, uh, that mentality, my parents literally, they, they live in the same house currently that they bought, you know, over 40 years ago, just in the same clown, like they will be there for the probably the rest of their lives. And that's kind of just their, that mentality. And I always thought that, okay, yeah, I'll go through the same path. Like I was fortunate enough to go to college Get a degree, get a good paying job in New York. We stayed there for a little while, and ended up moving back to New Hampshire, buying a you know, a wonderful property there. Um, and that was, you know, we always figured that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna have this great house, we're gonna live this life, we're just gonna raise our family here, grow old in this house, and just be here forever. So I think kind of we always, again, we like to vacation. So we do two weeks in. Prague. We do two weeks in, you know, Switzerland. We do two weeks somewhere else. But it was never really. I think the thought of really living abroad kind of started to happen when we had kids, where we're like, well, where's the best place that we can raise them? I mean, is it in the U.S.? How can we open up the rest of the world to them to say, okay, it's not just the U.S. the U.S. that you have to, you know, grow up in. And that through that, those education systems, let's find a way that we can give them the best life, give them the most, you know, a a bunch of different cultural experiences. And then as they grow up, they can kind of give us feedback to, hey, where do you want to be? Like, is it Southeast Asia? Is it somewhere in Europe? You know, what activities do you want to do? Like, do you want to be a skier? Do you want to be a sailor? Do you want to do, you know, like, let's just open up all these possibilities to them. Um, and let them kind of guide, you know, what they want to do. And we'll maybe, maybe set roots somewhere based off of, of what they're thinking.
0: Yeah, I love that it is such a family discussion. And that you really do want that continued feedback from your kids. And you discuss what they're liking and what they're not liking and what they want to do. And you take all of that into consideration as you do make decisions for the family. What's it been like balancing your family's or your friends' expectations that are in the US that are oh just always expected you to live a more traditional lifestyle that you did, you know, start to live and move to New Hampshire to live? I'm sure when you do take a non-traditional route and move abroad. And just being farther from your family and friends, it, it's got to be tough just balancing those ex- expectations, but also making decisions as a family that, you know, are best for you. What, I mean, how, what helps you in those moments when there are expectations that are just not aligned with what your family has decided?
1: Right. And I, like, I, I go back to my parents. Obviously, they're very much grounded and rooted to you know, my hometown. And I, it's, it's hard to, I feel like for them, they're starting to kind of comprehend, like they see, you know, we share with them videos and pictures and what the kids are doing at school. And they're starting to open their eyes more to, oh, we understand that there's other options and that, you know, just kind of growing up in the same hometown and, and kind of staying in one place, there's other options. And, It doesn't need to be in one location. Like definitely on the friend side of things, it's, it's definitely difficult explaining this lifestyle where a lot of people, I mean, I definitely feel like there's a level of American culture that that I discussed where you buy a house, you settle down, you raise your family and you just wait till 62, 63, 64, 65 retire. And then you live your life and travel and do whatever. But it's a grind until you get to that point. Um, You know, we had, you know, friends and and stuff happening in our network, like unfortunate things that happen. That's just, you realize that life is just too short and tomorrow is never, you know, never take tomorrow for granted. So we kind of embraced that motto to say, well, we should just start traveling now. We won't let family, and, and people thinking about our lifestyle as incorrect or weird kind of hold us back. Um, but obviously, you know, we do want to go back and visit family and friends and connect and everything like that. But it's, it's very much where, you know, we speak to people back home and it's, we're talking about like maybe a rift that can happen is we've done a lot of exciting things when we're here, but a lot of times we are connecting to people back home it's it's a tough conversation to have where they've you know they're doing their own activities and they have their own things going on with their kids and everything but sometimes the conversation can be a little disjointed where there's a level of monotony sometimes with you know when you're talking to people back home and you have so much to talk about but they just can't relate so sometimes those conversations can be a little strained and you're kind of like restraining you know your enthusiasm or you feel like you've been kind of oversharing or something like that so there is a dynamic of of kind of backpedaling and and trying to get at the same level but it's always good to be able to check in and and see how everyone's doing back home i mean i i still like hearing all the stories of of what's going on back home and i i mean i talked to my parents I almost feel like being abroad i talked to my parents more than when i was living 20 minutes away from them so i mean i feel like there's there's a level of communication that's actually been heightened since we've been here too to just kind of connect and you know recap how the week has been and stuff like that so um it is definitely a delicate balance though where just you a more traditional lifestyle versus this nomadic life i mean it's just we see it with a lot of the other people that are here and they go through the same struggles where it's sometimes just hard to connect to family and friends back home because we're just going in just two very different trajectories. So um, cool. yeah, a delicate balance, delicate balance.
0: And I think relationships do change over time. And I think it's probably so helpful having the supportive community of Boundless Life who is kind of in this with you and you're their emotional support and their um, confidant that they can connect with when you're all together in this separate place, having this new experience, having all of your families there, going through the same things. And um, I'm sure that having that community abroad has also helped.
1: Absolutely. I mean, the community here is just very supportive. So we started off like each cohort with essentially a round table. Like what kind of was the genesis of your remote, your decision to live remote or be more nomadic? And you could just see the themes going around the table of, you know, we didn't want to wait to travel. We didn't want starting a family to be the reason why we couldn't travel and try and figure out, you know, this life um by you know plugging into a school and being abroad and having all the different options and at our fingertips of being abroad and having a family. So um it's been really great being here to kind of it's almost like therapy in a lot of ways too talking with these people in terms of what you just mentioned before around um relationships with people back home and Kind of managing, you know, thoughts around that or struggles around reconnecting with people that think our the lifestyle is a little crazy or wicked risky or something like that. So um, it's been it's been really good having having the group here to kind of be able to bounce ideas off of and have those little mini therapy sessions with. It. So um, yeah, it's been really nice.
0: Well, taking it back to finance, what originally got you into that space?
1: Sure. No. So, I would almost say it goes back to like a fifth grade project we did around the stock market. I I couldn't really even give all the details, like where we had to pick five stocks and then just track them for like two months. You know how well they did. And I always found it fascinating in terms of you know buying stock and it appreciating in value. You know, you're I you feel like right around that age you start kind of becoming aware of you know money and like getting an allowance what what money can do it you can purchase toys or you could purchase candy or whatever like that so this stock market project kind of just resonated with me and i realized okay if i can kind of you know i'm pretty good at math that seems to be my strong point so let me kind of start channeling this and just learning more and i feel like all throughout my junior high high school it was just always in the back of my mind took you know, intro to business courses in high school, and then ultimately going on to college became a finance major. Um, And that was really kind of was the genesis where being in college and then taking more, you know, detailed business courses and kind of learning about the different types of trajectories within the business world that you can take, whether it's accounting or finance or like business IT stuff of that nature was really eye-opening. Um, but I always stuck with the finance route because I felt like I was destined to become like a stockbroker or some hot shot on Wall Street or something like that. So that was kind of the, the, the genesis point of that um, that decision. You know.
0: So after college, when you were getting your first job in finance, what were you looking for?
1: So at the time, so I graduated from the University of New Hampshire, go Wildcats. Uh, <laughs> I was kind of up in the air. So I had done a finance uh, internship with a local energy company. Um, so I, and I didn't really, fu- I don't think I was fully prepared for, <laughs> for for the working world. Maybe like you know we all had fun in college like we do, but I didn't. I wasn't really sure where I wanted to land. Like I didn't really have. A full job lined up right out of right out of college, so ended up applying to a bunch of different places right after I got my degree. Ended up at a um, uh, what was it, mutual fund accountant job at State Street, which is a, a, a large firm in Boston. So I was there for a while. Found out that mutual fund accounting wasn't for me. Um, right around that time was actually the financial crisis was happening. So this was like 2008. So at one point I remember showing up to work and there was just pink slips littered all over like half of our floor. Like fortunate for me, I, I avoided that, but realized that, oh, okay. Like we're going through some hard times here at the same time. I was kind of having a crisis of, I don't like this job. Where can I go from here? And I knew some people that were at the firm that moved to more financial analyst type positions um, and was kind of interested in their trajectory. You know, it seemed like they were getting better pay in this area. It seemed like the work was a little more interesting. So I kind of did a little deeper dive um, in terms of that career path. Found out that's definitely what I wanted to get into where it's more like strategic finance, budgeting, forecasting, doing variance analysis, kind of really finding out what's going on with the company and being able to report it as well as charting the future as well. Um, So that's where I applied to. I remember looking for work for, I had to be close to, I feel like six months into this State Street job, I knew I needed to get out of there. So for the next year I was applying, but I was hearing about positions where there would be 500, 600, 700 applicants, you know, so many senior level people were getting laid off at the time where you had senior level people applying to like junior analyst, analyst roles. So everything was like super, super competitive. Um, And then I was fortunate enough to actually land a job actually in a small town in New Hampshire, right outside of my hometown as a financial analyst for uh, a large national insurance broker. Um, and that was kind of the catalyst of my fi- FP&A career. Um, so it was just onward and upwards from that point.
0: What does a typical day look like as a financial analyst when you turn on your computer? What exactly are you doing?
1: Yeah. So fortunate enough for me now, kind of being in the consulting space, I, I, I feel like no two days are the same. So in my prior, prior uh, firm's there's a there's a little bit of a, a cycle to everything where the accounting team will close the books for a given month. So like a, a month will end, accounting goes through what they consider an accounting close, where they're booking entries surrounded to activity that happened in that month, you know, reconciling cash accounts, going through the full process. Then they essentially hand over all that information over to the finance team. And what our job is pretty much to digest those numbers you know, look at them compared to whatever we budgeted, create any kind of variance analysis to say, okay, well, we budgeted X and it came in as Y. Why is this Why is this difference happening? What expenses or revenue streams came in that we weren't expecting? Or where did we come in short? So like, there's definitely a rhythm in like a large firm around kind of the FP&A role, and then, yeah, there's ad hoc projects and stuff that come up. I feel like in my current role now, being uh, in the consultant space, everything is variable. I'll be, I could be running with three different budget models for one for a fintech firm, one for a recruiting firm, one for a construction firm, one for a manufacturing firm, you know, and just a whole breadth of of different perspectives around where they are in terms of funding, where they are in terms of, you know, are they pre-revenue? Are they, you know, are they actually a high growth space? Are they still trying to figure out their product? So kind of what I'm doing right now is a whole blend of budgeting, modeling, you know, strategic finance. Um, So my day-to-day is definitely very variable um, in terms of the different clients and, and situations that I'm working with. Absolutely.
0: And something that must be brand new as a consultant is actually going out and finding your own clients, right? What does that look like? How are you finding new clients to consult?
1: Right. Uh, so yeah, so transitioning to my own firm, it's been definitely, I've never thought of myself as a salesperson. So yeah, you it's, have definitely, to be. <laughs> it's definitely a new hat for me. Um, I've never been much of a social media person in general. Like, you know, I have a Facebook account and (laughs) an Instagram account. I think I opened a Snapchat account that has, you know, and I used once maybe. So I think really trying to lever those more though. So I'm definitely going through LinkedIn a lot more. So I set up a page on LinkedIn for my consulting firm um, and been posting more around kind of what I'm doing in the finance consulting space. So I'm a, I'm a consider what they call a fractional CFO, which is essentially I plug into these again, small businesses, typically family funded series a series B companies that just need a finance function, but don't have the capital to bring someone on or they need to bring someone on full time. So I'm helping them kind of go through their finance function. They may need, you know, a CFO type person, five, 10 hours a week. And that's kind of where I fit in. So that's kind of my role in terms of, of them in their organization. Um, so it's been um, very interesting and uh, it's definitely been a good experience to kind of plug into these companies. And, and yeah.
0: What is your consulting company called? How can people find you?
1: No, no I'm a, i am I so I'm three sheets consulting. Okay. Um, So I'm still working on the website. It's gonna gonna happen eventually, but you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, Yeah, and I, again, a whole array of whatever essentially a CFO does is kind of what my role is. So again, budgeting, forecasting, strategic modeling, investor presentations, need help with fundraising, M&A activity, integrations. That's really my, my full wheelhouse. I've gotten experience with industries and all different size companies in, the, in that space. So that's that's definitely my, uh, my strong point.
0: Well, you've done so much, Matt, both per, in your personal life and in your professional life. I'm curious, what sort of advice do you have for somebody who is trying to figure out what they want to do in their career long-term? And also, how do they, they align their career with their personal goals?
1: Right. I mean, I feel like it's always so tough where you when you ask someone where do you want to be in five years? Yeah, but I feel like asking yourself that question and trying to at least find out like where are your priorities at or where are your priorities going to be in five years. You know, if you're maybe younger, and you in five years you maybe just want a promotion, like, but you also think about where you want to be personally as well. And see how best to align those two different things. So, if you want that promotion, but you want to be a remote worker, to find okay, is your company remote? If they're not, and they don't, it doesn't look like they're going to change. All right, so maybe try and find a new an area where you can become a remote worker, and there's a good trajectory for you. Because I feel like when you're aligning your career with your personal life it's your the success just comes naturally in your career um i feel like that's where i'm kind of at where i never thought i would be working for myself and taking a risk like this but i feel like right now i you know the most relaxed i've been feel the most comfortable and confident i've been in my career actually so i've really been able to kind of align that that trajectory so it's whatever you're wherever however you can kind of align your your personal life with your career goals is is absolutely what you should be focused on. So whether that's, you know, starting a family and thinking about how you want to, you know, align your career with that, or, you know, taking a risk of doing your own thing and, and what that looks like. Um, I think that when you kind of sync those two things together, that's that's where, you know, true success and opportunity comes from.
0: Yeah. And I think it's important to analyze where your priorities are at. And as they change, make sure that you are continually making decisions based on what your updated priorities are. I mean, I feel like you are so ambitious and you've done so well for yourself, but to take a pay cut in order to take a job that would allow you to move abroad full-time was a tough decision. It might not be one that you would have made 15 years ago when you were starting off in your career. Um, So I think you've... And Austin have just done a really great job of being really communicative and talking about what your priorities are as a family and also professionally, um, individually, to really make smart decisions about what you all are going to do next.
1: Yeah, it really is that leap of faith. I think if there's one thing that another piece of advice that I could give is to be able to take a risk at one point in your career where you think that, you know, it Maybe it's something like I feel like me and my wife, we've made decisions sometimes where we're literally going back and forth like over a week and then you just make a snap decision where you're like, all right, this is a huge leap of faith, but let, let's just dive right in. I feel like if you can take like one risk in your career where it's maybe starting your own thing or maybe it's just a job that, Maybe it doesn't pay as much, but you feel like the opportunity is there to really make a difference or it's something that you're extremely passionate about um, and it might force you to make a lifestyle change or something like that, that to just go right in and, and take the risk. I feel like if you can do it once you and you find out it's the wrong thing to do, that you can easily recover from it and, and pivot that. Uh, that not everything needs to be, you know, linear. I need to make constant progress and, and show all my accolades. And, you know, if I take a, a lateral step that that's the wrong move, I feel like kind of getting out of that mentality and, and maybe taking a risk and, and thinking about what you truly want in your career um, is just super important, super important.
0: Yeah, so get clear on your priorities, take the risk. You can always make a different decision later on. Yes. I love it. Well, thank you, Matt. This was such a great conversation. I really enjoyed talking about what you and Austin have been doing.
1: No, it's so good to reconnect. Absolutely. It's been too long. Been too long
0: go to unchartedcareers.com if you're interested in one-on-one career coaching or are looking to learn more about Uncharted Careers and my coaching approach. Thanks for listening.